This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast with Andrew Jobling, author, speaker, educator, entrepreneur, and AFL player. Join Andrew as he continues his lifelong journey as a student of human behavior. This podcast will help you live your passion, explore your potential, step into your power, and embrace your possibilities. Your possibilities. Possibilities. Hello, this is Andrew Jobling. Welcome to the Wellness Puzzle Podcast for another week. And I just love my podcast. I really do. And I love the people I come across and the people that I talk to. This week, I'm talking to Desmond Dixon, who's living in Florida in the USA. This is a man who has created incredible success for himself in terms of his career. He's a sales trainer and sales consultant. He's an investor. He's what he calls a serial entrepreneur. But he started in a pretty tough place, in a low socioeconomic situation, in poverty, and has really gone through a lot of challenges in his life. He got himself a chemical engineering degree, which he never used because he found his passion in selling, which is unique. I'm not sure how many people love selling. Desmond is one of them. And some really key messages in this podcast, one is all about the stories we tell ourselves and how they play out in our lives. Number two is all about empathy and how when we can be empathetic to other people, how that can have a powerful, powerful impact. And the third message is something that's very close to home for me, and that is vulnerability. So this is an awesome conversation. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy my podcast with Desmond Dixon. Desmond, hello there. What's up, man? How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Oh man, I'm on fire, man. I'm on fire. I've been having an amazing week, man. So let's yeah, tell me what's been happening this week for you. It's been so amazing. Uh, first of all, I've been on this like caffeine free, just focused energy. And I've realized that stimulation doesn't equal like focus, right? And so I just had all this creativity and you know, I'm in the middle of, of spinning off, you know, a services from one of my main business into its own ancillary business, a subsidiary. Yep. Yeah, man. So that that's going well. Customers closing major deals and like having big breakthroughs this week and getting those calls in the middle of the night. So like I'm high on life right now, man. Awesome, mate. Awesome. In the middle of the night, you're bouncing with energy going, yeah, bring it on. Literally, Andrew, literally like two o'clock in the morning, I couldn't sleep. (laughs) It's amazing, isn't it? When you're really on purpose and you love what you do and you really feel like you're having an impact energy just there. I mean, there's so many people out there going, oh, I'm so tired. And obviously nutrition plays a part and putting the right things into your body plays a part. But I think the key thing to give energy is find something you love. Because I think we all have energy when we think about what we love to do, all of a sudden energy comes. When we think about something we don't love, all of a sudden we feel tired. Isn't that interesting how that works? It's very much mindset. It's fascinating. So, mate, tell us a bit about where you're at. What are you doing now? And then we'll talk about how you got there because I know you've got a pretty powerful story. But tell us about all the incredible things you're doing right now, Desmond. So I'm a serial entrepreneur. And I have my hands in a lot of different things, but my main business is sales consulting. So I run that. So I work with usually people at least doing six figures in their business and really just help them take it to the next level with some little hacks and tactics and really just unlocking a lot of value. Also do some sales recruiting and sales training, which is really my real passion. I love the breakthroughs and changing people's lives and really helping them like not only up-level themselves, but up-level their bank accounts, their mindset. I mean, it's like this full circle of abundance that I really love doing. And then also I'm into real estate investing. I'm really big into NFTs and crypto as well, and a bunch of other little businesses, but those are the main ones. Just whatever you can get your hands on, mate, by the sound of it, just bring it on. Yeah, it's it's a game, man. It's like a game of Monopoly, right? Yeah. (laughs) Now, you've got a podcast, which 
we'll talk about, but you used to be a chemical engineer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be a chemical engineer. Isn't that uh, interesting from chemical engineer to in entrepreneur? A, in a life in corporate. Why chemical engineering? Why was that something you thought you might want to do? So when I was a kid, um, I grew up in a, a town called Dayton, Ohio, in the Midwest in America. And I grew up in what's called humble beginnings, right? Didn't have a lot growing up, took the bus to school, didn't have transportation. And math and science was my way of sticking outside the crowd and my ticket out of what's called the hood or yep. you know, this impoverished situation. And yep. I was really good at math, like really, really good at math and ended up doing 12 clubs, four sports. Like I was just trying to do anything I possibly could to never be poor again. Yeah. And engineers got paid a lot of money. Scientists got paid a lot of money. So like my mindset was, I don't want to be poor. I got to pick the, you know, the profession that will guarantee that. And I eventually went to a school called Miami University where I'll sit down and get orientation. And a guy walks up to me and he said, hey, you interested in engineering? And I was like, maybe tell me more. And he was like, well, they get paid the most outside of college and we're giving out scholarships. And so I was like, free money to learn and I get paid the most, like sign me up, what do I sign? <laughs> so I signed up for chemical engineering and it was an interesting journey since then, man. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk more about your journey since then, because it has been an interesting journey, but I think one of the key messages we're going to talk about in this particular podcast is it's interesting when we're young, money is that measure of success. When you make lots of money, you'll be successful. And I think this is a very common theme I'm finding this year with a lot of the podcasts I'm doing, a lot of the conversations I'm having is that we're trying to redefine the word success. And I know you're a big proponent for success is not about how much money you have in the bank and money isn't everything. And I know that's going to be a large part of what we talk about today. Isn't it interesting how society just has grabbed hold of us and taken us down this path of status and money and achievement and corporate, whatever you want to call it, seems to be what so many people use as their measure of success when really it's not at all. Yeah, man. It took me a while to figure that out, but definitely like the scarcity, the consumerism that you never have enough, right? Because there's an infinite amount of value in the marketplace, right? doesn't matter how much you have, you never have enough. So you're on this like hamster wheel internally. So it's a very interesting topic. It is. It's going to be a good one to talk about. So, mate, tell us about your podcast. You've got a podcast. You do two or three episodes a week, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's called Campfire Capitalism, no pun intended. And the whole point of it, man, is really just providing a massive value. So it's me and a couple of the co-hosts we sit on and we talk about what's going on in our business. We bring on other guests who are doing some interesting things. And we just talk about the stories and like really like show the patterns and just like give it all away, right? Like one of our episodes, one of our co-hosts came on with, he had a situation in his business and sales calls. We gave him some quick coaching on the pot. He comes back with, you know, a $25,000 deal. We're like, wow, we're on to something here, right? So we're just all about giving and just really doubling down in the long term of trying to give as much value as we can. Yeah. Awesome. So how long has that been going for? So we started it in December yep. and we've already recorded 27 episodes. So we're like mad people on the mission. And there's no giving, letting up. On so that. what drives you, mate? Tell us about what does drive you to do what you do. I mean, you call yourself a serial entrepreneur and you've got multiple businesses and you've got a podcast which pumps out three episodes a week. And what is it that gives you this energy to do what you do? Wow, that's a good question. I think one is abundance, right? Like this abundance mindset. 
And it took me a while to really like understand what that feels like. And I've learned that the more I give, the easier life becomes, the more I receive, and the more that is more opportunities and things that I can't even like consciously like wrap my head around. Things like, for instance, like getting calls in the middle of the night about deals being closed, right? Like it's just things that you really can't even like calculate. And what I've learned is that like, the more I let go, like surrender, the more I let go of control of what things need to look like, because I'm not coming from a place of I need to make as much money as possible. Obviously, easier things are with delegation and really just like a cadence as well, right? So like creating cadences within the business, cadence with clients, cadence with the podcast, just kind of like just stay in flow, man, really. So it's really about sharing what you know and what you can do and just giving to others and knowing that if you just invest your time and give to other people, then you'll get what you need. Is that sort of the concept? That's one half of the equation. And the other half is like knowing what you're really, really, really good at and accepting that and not falling into any object syndrome, picking up new toys, but like whatever your zone of genius is, whatever your talent is, and like sharing that with the world, right? Because that's the value. Yep. So that's been the kind of the secret sauce for me. Okay. That's awesome, mate. That's wonderful. We're going to have a quick break and we're going to come back and I really want to hear your story, mate. And I'm sure people listening want to also. So we'll be back very shortly. Be inspired, be engaged, get motivated and make real change in your life and the people around you. Andrew Jobling knows how to inspire. On stage, he's riveting and engaging. Andrew is helping audiences around the world live their best life. Book him for a face-to-face or an online event. Go to andrewjobling.com.au to find out more. So Desmond, you have come out of what you describe as a place of poverty where your family are obviously struggling and you made a decision that you did not want to live in poverty, that you wanted to make money and be successful because at that point, I guess, money for you was an indicator of success. Tell us about that journey, mate. Tell us about where you were at. Tell us about some of the things that have really shaped you, molded you and helped you become the person you've become. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love to share my story. So, you know, it all started, I would say the college days because they come from, you know, a majority African-American community in poverty to a affluent majority white community in terms of college really like opened my eyes up to possibilities. And I always felt like I never fit in socially. And I always felt like I had to be something that I was not in regards to, you know, the partying and, you know, just trying to fit in. Right. And, you know, I really found myself my junior year, I really hit this breaking point where I essentially got asked to go to do door to door because I was doing chemical engineering. And I was like, man, I really don't know if I want to do this because, you know, when I did internships with like NASA and department defense and, you know, when I was, you know, doing some private industry work, like the job that I was doing was just miserable. I mean, I was good at it. Don't get me wrong, but like, I was just really like isolated by myself, not talking to anyone. And I was like, man, I need to figure something out, you know? So that was like a big shock to me. And I uh, got asked by some friends at the time, like, hey, you want to come knock on some doors with us in Dallas, Texas in the heat? And I was like, sure, why not? So I ended up canceling my internship in Seattle at the time, which was a 
pretty well-paid internship at the time, really high paid. And I'd knock doors. And the boss that I had at the time was like really good. And it was fascinating to see him connect with these strangers and get in their house and talk with them for hours. And what was he like selling? Uh, security systems. Okay. And Andrew, man, like I failed. Like when I say I failed, like I failed miserably. I never forget this. I was sitting in the car with my manager at the time. And he said, I got some good news and bad news. And it was really no good news. It was bad news. He just let me go. And I didn't get one sale that summer, Andrew. Not one. How many doors did you oh, knock man. on for no sales? Oh, man. Probably over a thousand, at least over a thousand. I wanted to say a couple thousand, but I know for sure a thousand doors. So knowing now what you do, why was that the case? What were you doing so horribly wrong that you couldn't get one sale out of a thousand? Uh, I had a story I was telling myself that like I was stuck in identity. I was like the story I was telling myself, my black butt is walking around Dallas, Texas, red state in America, conservative state in America, just trying to sell security systems. Right. Like, so like I had this like identity crisis of like, how can I like confidence of like, how could I sell security systems when they probably want to keep me out? I'm the guy that they want to be secure from. Right. Yeah. And I was yep. trying really, really hard. Like, like I was coming off like desperate. And not with like abundance. I was coming off with very scarce energy. Okay. So what changed? What turned that around? So this is where the story gets crazy, man. So, you know, when I got fired, I was sitting in, you know, with my uncle and I wanted to be in sales even more, man. Right. Like I had this burning desire to like continue to like learn and improve because I knew I could do it. And I took responsibility for my situation. I was like, man, like, I really want to do this. I want to be in sales, even though I failed. And I went back into school that next fall with the intention of, I am going to be a sales guy, but I can't change my major because I'm so deep in chemical engineering that like, it's impossible for me to change. And I really fell into this depression, Andrew, to be quite honest, man, because I was super miserable doing this thing that I chose to do because of money. Yet I wanted to be this sales guy and, you know, I really went to this depression and I started making some very bad decisions, you know, around like addiction. And I'll never forget, I reached this breaking point where I was sitting on my green couch in my apartment. I was failing three classes. I ruined a lot of friendships close to me and I had to make a choice. Do I go to rehab and drop out of school or do I just fight? like do what everything I could possibly do to pass and persevere. And the decision I chose was to stay because I knew if I don't left and went to rehab, I was not probably coming back because of my socioeconomical background and my teachers, right? Because they kind of knew about my situation. And this is right after, you know, suicidal thoughts, Andrew, right? A friend yeah. actually saved my life. And how did a friend it, save your life? Tell us a bit about that. Uh, Why suicidal thoughts? Where did they come from? Like I was at the low, man. Like I was failing. I was miserable when the major I was doing, I ruined a lot of my friendships because I ended up like crashing a bunch of cars close to a lot of my friends, a lot of my close friends. So damage. So I was in, I said, I had to pay for that. So now I have this, this financial burden on top of that. And I just thought life was just like, at this point, it was just like, why just, why live with all of this pressure? Why, like, yeah. what's the point? And I had a bunch of pills in my hand, my friend who actually the guy's car I was borrowing, my friend, my best friend's car that I was borrowing, who I crashed into all my other friend's cars, came over my apartment 
and really just talked me off the ledge. And then that's when I ran into the, you know, the green couch situation where I had to make a decision. And the reason why I decided to stay in college and finish, try to finish was because I was thinking about my little brother and my little sister. Like, man, if I fail, like, like, I don't want them to fail because like, I'm the example of like not giving up. Right. Yep. And so all I could think about was my, my siblings and I sat in dude for two years straight and I ended up failing two out of the three classes I was failing. So I had to come back for a fifth year. And I really just like isolated myself. I went into like straight alpha, savage, dark mode of like, you know, I ended up getting off of, you know, drugs, but without rehab, cold turkey, you know, cut off every single person in my life that was a bad influence, even probably good influencers in a way too. I just just felt like I just needed to focus. And I ended up applying for sales jobs, man, like every single day my fifth year, I didn't apply for one engineering job and I ended up squeaking out of engineering school, <laughs> like graduating, which was one of the most powerful moments of my life. And I, I didn't have a job yet. And I kept calling this one job back, this one company back, like, Hey, I really want to work for you guys. And the recruiter was like, okay, great. We'll give you a shot, man. We'll give you a shot. Cause I was persistent. And so I ended up packing my car up with everything I, that I had in my little Ozenville intrigue. I had $2,500 in my, to my name from the stipend. And I was dealing with identity theft issues because someone stole my identity while I was in college. And so I had to like find a place on Craigslist, drive across the country, 1,500 miles by myself and live in a house with four other guys in one bathroom and took a $30,000 pay cut and grinded, man, like grinded four o'clock in the morning, waking up, like first one in the office, last one out the office. And uh, yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's kind of where my journey of like sales began with like a focused mind and like certainty and clarity. I was so committed to it. That's awesome, mate. So you finished your engineering degree and you never worked as an engineer. Is that right? Never worked as an engineer. Isn't that interesting? Why? I, I just love people, man. Like I love people. And the story I was telling myself was I could just solve other people's problems, right? Like, cause engineering, like studying to be an engineer, like all you're doing is just solving problems all day, every day, math, thermodynamics, heat transfer, chemical reactor design, like all these classes, all it is is just, you just solving problems. And I was like, man, this can give me a unique edge in the marketplace because I can just be really good at solving other people's problems, which is sales, Right. And I just really love the connection part of sales, like really getting in the rapport. And I discovered that now the thing I love training the most about is the psychology of sales. Yeah. Right. So like that part just is so fascinating to me. Now, you probably knew as you were going through your engineering course that you weren't going to be an engineer. So why did you finish it? Uh, Because I wanted to finish what I started. Yep. Like I made a commitment. And I told myself, like, I, I got to finish what I start. And I did it. <laughs> That's why, like, I just told myself, like, I just knew that if I didn't finish what I start, that it would be my contract. It's like the contract with myself. Yeah. And that is, you do set a precedent, don't you? When you quit on something, even though you might have a legitimate reason to quit on it, it can become part of who you are. It can become part of your character. That when things start getting a bit tough, that we bail out. And often we bail out on things that, are important that we need to keep going on. So I think that's an awesome thing to do, mate. 
A lot of people go, well, why would you do that? But I understand that finishing what you started was important. Now, I'm interested in the switch for you when you said the first sales gig you had, you couldn't get one sale out of a thousand. And now all of a sudden you're into sales and you're obviously getting some success. What changed? Because you said you were telling yourself a story. Why would anyone be interested? Why would anyone buy from you? So what happened? What changed for you and why? I think that the big thing on like a super like elementary level is my questions changed. What I mean by that was beforehand when I was knocking on doors, I was knocking on doors for my own selfish reasons, right? Like I wanted to get paid. I wanted to prove something to myself. And obviously that didn't work out. And when I switched to how can I really understand this person? How can I really understand what they're going through? How can I be of service to this person? And why is it important for this problem to be solved? My entire energy around sales, the questions I was asking, my follow-up, my persistence, like everything changed because my reasons changed, right? Those reasons led to different questions. Yeah. Okay. But something else changed because I think that's more external. What happened to you within you about how you felt about you? Because you didn't think much about you in the first instance. Mm -hmm. What happened about your belief in yourself? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge one. Dude, okay, it gets really (laughs) crazy, but I had so much confidence and certainty within my being of like, I belong in this world because one, I just proved to myself after wanting to kill myself and being addicted to drugs and ruining all my friendships. Like, I was like, man, if I can make it through that and then on top of that, making it out of poverty of getting pink slips on my door and walking to school every day. Like if I was like, man, if I can get through like that hard knocks of like my early life. And then I got through those adversities in college and I still finished with one of the hardest degrees to get. (laughs) I like knew that, like, I just had so much certainty in myself that I belonged. I I belonged. I belonged. So it was really about, again, comes back to that persistence and just finishing what you started and keeping moving through when things are tough, just keep going, keep moving, keep learning, keep growing and finish what you start. gave you the confidence to believe more in yourself. Is that right? Yep. Awesome. That's brilliant, mate. Look, let's have another quick break and then we will come back and chat a little bit more about the amazing stuff you're doing now and the way you're impacting lives. So we will be back. Career well-being is an essential piece of the wellness puzzle. One third of our lifetimes are spent working with each and every one of us facing challenges along the way. Where do you go to be heard and feel supported? We've created Hexcom, the community app to help you with your career well-being. A safe place to learn, share advice and gather insights, empowering you to pursue your dreams and achieve fulfillment in your career. Download the Hexcom app in the App Store and Google Play today. Desmond, that's an awesome story and an inspiring one too because I think a lot of people will relate to a lot of things you've said. People are dealing with all sorts of adversity and challenges right now, and a lot of them probably feel stuck. And a lot of them, over the last couple of years, people have gone through fear and doubt and probably suicidal thoughts and self-doubt. Can we do it? Can we get through this? And I think your story really highlights the fact that if we just take it one day at a time and you just focus on who you are and what you're doing and just make, what did you say? You made a deal with yourself. What did you say? You contract with myself. Con- that's right. You said you made a contract with yourself that I'll finish what I start. 
think that's a pretty powerful contract that we can all make with ourselves to finish what we start. But also, and this is important, and this is something that I'm really focusing on at the moment, is not making the finishing the ultimate success, but actually each day that you're in the journey, each day that you're moving forward is success. And if you can find success in the days, even the tough days when you're still moving forward, even when you feel like you may not be getting any results, even when you feel like nothing's working for you every day that you're taking a step and working on yourself or working on your business or working on whatever it is you're working on, that's success. And we need to find joy and happiness and gratitude in that moment. It sounds like you did a lot of that. Yeah. So tell us, what is this message you have for people right now that you would love them to get out of this conversation? You've told a pretty powerful and inspiring story. You're doing a lot of things right now. You really have a podcast. It's important for you to be the best you can be and live with your talents, but also to help other people. What is your message for people listening today? What do you want them to walk away with? Uh, I think the number one thing is empathy. And, you know, the reason why I say that is because the deeper you're willing to understand where other people are from a place of non-judgment, the easier it is not only to connect with that person, but to be of service to that person, possibly to do business with that person. And, you know, really sales just comes down to servitude, right? And the bedrock of that service is rapport and connection and understanding. And that, and I think empathy plays a huge, 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 huge part in that. And so that's, that's definitely something that, you know, I really want to share with you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. So how do you, in your day-to-day life, tell us how you use empathy when you are knocking on doors, tell us a bit about how you find and create that empathy that really obviously does build a very strong connection. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all about the little things, right? So like, and being willing, like internally, like being internally, like intrinsically motivated to want to understand someone, right? Like you can smell a pretender a mile away. Like you can feel it. You can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in their pace. You can hear it in the words they select. It's the intrinsic motivation to want to understand someone. And something I love to do is leveraging active listening. And, you know, when I did some certification at NLP, you know, one of the things I wanted to learn the most was like, hey, how can I listen better? Because I had this alpha energy of interrupting people when they talked and, you know, like selective listening and, you know, really listening with the intention of summarizing back what I heard was probably one of the best tools to really help me like train my brain to lock in and hear what's coming out the mouth of that other person. And that by far has 10x my life in all areas of my life. Yeah, that's an awesome point, mate. And I think everyone will get something out of that. Empathy is so important, isn't it? I mean, it's not just about selling. It's about building relationships. And if people feel like you're on their page and you're with them and you can put yourselves into their shoes and really feel what they're feeling, that is the greatest way to connect. And I think you're so right. For so often, we just want to get our agenda across and we just think, if I feel this way, then someone else should feel this way. And if I believe this, then why don't you believe this? And if you don't believe what I believe, then you're wrong and I'm right. And we have these walloping misconceptions about what is right and what is wrong. I think for every person, what they believe and how they feel is right for them. So if we can be there and feel that with them, and I love what you said about asking questions, just reflecting back on what they said to you, 
is a great way to build that connection and to help people relate. It's going to help in every area. You said 10 times the impact it had. What's some of the things that have come as a result of your ability to really empathize and work with people? Yeah, yeah, Andrew, that's a good question. Man, where do I start? Well, first, it's been influence, one, because when you're training or coaching or consulting, like even though words come out of your mouth, like they need to land. They not only need to land, they need to land with some heat because they then have to enact what you're training them on or coaching or consulting them on. And so the fact that I was not only able to, you know, enroll thousands of people, use it with empathy, but I was also able to help salespeople, you know, consultants, coaches, people in the startups and different startups, you know, really 10x their business, right? So it's like, man, like me sharing, like knowing how to communicate better has helped me provide that value for them to then transmute that value into results in their business. And that leads to more businesses because then people introduce me to other people. So then like word of mouth, yep. right? Like I haven't paid for one ad for my business because people keep introducing me to people. Yeah. Very powerful. You're obviously a very open, honest person and you're quite vulnerable as well. How do you see that vulnerability sharing your story? And you obviously you're now sharing it on a public platform right now where a lot of people would look at vulnerability as a weakness, or I don't want to tell people what I've been through because they might judge me and they might treat me differently. How has your vulnerability helped you in your life? Well, first, it helped me find the love of my life, I would have to say, because being a man, like it's not easy to talk about your feelings and honesty is really important in our relationships. And having that space of vulnerability allows you to really get close with someone, right? And in this case, you know, my girlfriend, my long, long-term girlfriend right now, and it also has led to you know, in the business world as well, right? Like being honest, like being vulnerable enough to admit that you're wrong, being vulnerable enough to admit that you don't know something, right? Like those things really led to, you know, my progression in business as well. So it's like, you know, being vulnerable has been a superpower for me. Yeah. Awesome. And I think vulnerability is a superpower for a lot of people. So I think if there's two messages that I'd like people to take away from this conversation is number one, well, there's a lot of things. You talked about the stories you were telling yourself we will play out those stories we tell ourselves. If we tell ourselves we're not good enough, we can't do it, we shouldn't be there, well, that's going to play out. When we start telling ourselves we've got value, what we've got to offer is going to make a difference and we're going to make that difference, then we will do that as well. So that's a powerful message. Then obviously empathy, I think, is an awesome message. And I think if we can just start to put ourselves in the shoes of people that we're dealing with or working with or talking to or conflicting with, and it's a big one. I think there's a lot of conflict in the world right now because we're so unempathetic. All we think about is how it affects us. We're not thinking about how things affect other people. And I think that's powerful. And then the final thing was this vulnerability piece. And that's been a massive benefit in my life. Hard, very hard, as you say, mate, from man to open up and share weakness and vulnerability and mistakes and poor choices. It's a very difficult thing to do, but probably the most empowering thing you can do, not just for yourself, but also for relationships. Desmond, thank you so much for everything you've shared. Now, how do people reach you, find you? How do they find out what you do? How do they reach out to you if they want to chat or need any help from you in any way? How do they do that? Uh, probably the best way is definitely LinkedIn, probably on that out of all the social medias. Um, you can find my business at cxorepublic.com. Um, that's, that's one of the businesses. So you can find me there as well. 
Awesome. Desmond, thank you so much for your time. It's been a wonderful conversation. You're doing incredible things and you're a very inspiring young man. So thank you so much for everything you've shared. Uh, Thanks for having me, Andrew. This was fun. What a wonderful conversation with Desmond, a very passionate man who is really loving his life. And isn't that what it's all about? Again, just finding this real message that keeps coming through time and time again about success and happiness doesn't lie in achievement, doesn't lie in accumulation, doesn't lie in numbers and money and all the stuff we think it does. It lies in our joy that we can find in the moment, the things that we do, understanding and identifying who we are and how being the best we can be will bring joy every single day. Joy is your measure of success, not money. That is for sure. And Desmond is a living example of that. So loved all about these stories we tell ourselves, the empathy we discussed, the vulnerability that's so important in creating success and happiness in life. You can find Desmond, the best place to go is just jump on LinkedIn, Desmond Dixon on LinkedIn, and you'll find out how you can connect with him if you'd like to do that. I'll be back again next week with another wonderful guest and another fabulous, inspiring podcast, not because of me, because of the people I talk to and the people who listen and the people who share this stuff. So I'm a very, very small part in this process, that's for sure, and I'm very grateful for you and grateful for the people who share their wonderful wisdom and inspiration. So please join me again next week. My name's Andrew Jobling. This is the Wellness Puzzle Podcast. 